So let's say the I don't understand the conversion. Why is there a conversion? How many dollars? Are they getting paid in horse pennies? No, but because, because the money doesn't equate to anything for them, so you have to give them something of equivalent value, like carrots for a horse, for example. I was going to say, you mean like the care that the owner has to take care of that horse until it needs to go on set? I think they already get paid with a leisurely lifestyle of hanging out <laughs> on a horse ranch for their entire life. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Rode is an Australian-based audio equipment company with a great U.S. support team that makes quality consumer and professional microphones and accessories. Here at Two Weird Camera Beards, Tom and I use a Rodecaster Pro mixer and Rode pod mics to record each episode. If you're interested in Rode audio equipment, Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller, and you can find their products by visiting mpex.com and searching Rode. That's M-P-E-X dot com. Search R-O-D-E. And a special thanks to Ray Sherlow. Ray wrote the music that we use for the show. It's the song Try a Little Harder from his album Forward Facing. If you dig his music like I do, check out the link in the show notes. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> I'm just ragging on him now, Monty. <laughs> All right, so today, yeah, so this is the thing we do is we, we, talk about, we talk about and around the guest until we introduce the guest. So today we've got, I think, our biggest fan. Um, he's not wearing his two weird camera beard shirt today. We haven't got it to him yet. Longtime listener, customer of the store, friend of the store, friend of ours, Mr. Monty Songpridith. Hey, thanks for having me. This is an honor. I, I, you know, being a longtime listener, I've always felt like, man, how come I'm not on that show? Yeah. Well, it was like, it was inevitable. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think at some point, I think we should just have a fan show where we where we bring on we we do a drawing a raffle. I don't mm-hmm. even know. I don't even know if we're big enough for a raffle. Is it's this our fan like, base? Is this like based on the like Conan O'Brien needs a fan? Thing oh that he's doing yeah, now? I forgot he was doing that. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> idea. Have you heard that one? No. So he he's got. Uh, They're surprisingly good. They could be terrible. So he he started a podcast called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, mm-hmm. and it, he just started bringing on like celebrities and talking mm-hmm. with them to become their friends, or they are friends. Yeah. And then he decided he was going to drag his fans into it, and now he's got Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan. Yeah. So he brings wow. his fans on and talks with them. Well, I'm a fan, so I'm <laughs> there we go. Grateful that you guys have uh, invited me here. So, Monty, you run Open Image Studio, which is your business. Mm-hmm. Um, how's how's business in 2021? How are you doing? What's good? What's up? What's new? Um, it's been good. I mean, I you know I I would say to say it's great would be lying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know any photographer who's doing great. I think uh, from a business perspective, it's uh, the lifeblood is flowing. Let's just say it's uh, it's been good. It's steadily coming back. I think it's good. You know, as things are starting to open up, I'm hopeful that people are going to feel a little bit more comfortable with getting together for photos and proximity and space and all that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you, for your, for your business, had you made, did you know 20, were you just kind of feeling it out or did you say 2021, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to hit things hard because 2020 was, (laughs) yeah, uh, I'm a a little bit of an anal asshole in a way, (laughs) but, uh, I have a tendency to, as my 
therapist would say, I intellectualize a lot of the things. Yeah. And I'm a, lo- a very logical person, so planning is a is a key factor in how I operate my life. And I feel so, that. I yeah. very much feel that. I'm a big planner, big, like, everything has to have a time and a schedule and a space and a... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a calendar called my weekly roadmap, and huh. that's that's where I mirror my actual activity calendar to make sure that it aligns with that. Huh. And if it doesn't, it's okay. It's not like it's a, a set in stone kind of thing. It's just I need that as a guide. Yeah. You right. Know, what am I going to commit to at 7 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if something comes up, it's fine. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's okay. It's how life rolls, and that's we just kind of roll with the punches. Yeah. But it helps Almost me. like little goals along the week kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perspectives. Yeah. Uh, to to kind of see where you are. So, for example, like if I'm going to have a meeting – where should I schedule my meeting? Mm-hmm. Most people would say when it, wherever it's the space allows it or for free. Yeah. For me, it's strategic. It's like, okay, I can meet on Tuesday at this time or Wednesday on this time. And yeah. I just schedule around that. Huh. Kind of like empty spots in Tetris and everything has to kind of fall yeah, in place. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, good or bad, that's how <clears throat> I um, operate. And Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I. That seems really good for like photographers though yeah for like someone mm. especially if you're running your own small business and need to stay or like that yeah that seems for sure i did try that at one point where i tried to like kind of schedule out an entire week at a time it was mm-hmm. in college um now the problem that i had that made it all quickly fall apart for me and i wish i could get back into like a strict regimen of doing what you do mm-hmm. is i would build out my week but then in my week i wouldn't plan any time to plan the next week's roadmap. <laughs> so I would I would I would go through this perfect week and then I'd hit the next week I'd be like oh I didn't make any time to plan everything that I did the kind of the week before and it yeah just kind of fell apart well that's the that's blocking and buffering at the end of the day where yeah you're like okay I'm gonna plan so on Fridays or Sunday nights you know yep chunk out an hour and you're gonna plan for the next week yep yeah so I guess that's to say I I I was okay for you know uh, the, with the transition going into 2021, I don't really, I'm, I don't have a plan as much as I'm a planner right now. As far as like, what am I going to do for 21? I'm just kind of feeling it out right now with, yeah, staying in contact with my clients and uh, connecting and reconnecting and mm-hmm. offering services that I normally wouldn't do. Like you know, I'm dabbling in video, yeah, uh, like video editing, yes. and and just uh, doing things at maybe a, like a reduced rate. And we'll I guess maybe talk about that, but yeah, you know, just. Um, letting them know that you are here to be a partner and extension of their team to just support them in, in whatever they need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to keep you at top of mind for the client. Yeah. It's so. a good idea. That's awesome. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, do you, so you're working on video. Is there anything else that you want to tease that you're working on in your business? Like is, is there, so you, you do photography, you do video. Um, you're doing this podcast with us now that covers kind of all of the media types. Um, the only other thing I think you could venture into is starting your newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Getting into publication. (laughs) No, no, no. I am, uh, managing other, uh, I develop and manage websites for small businesses. Cool. Um, but I am sort of venturing in stock, (laughs) stock photography. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a nice like little I've I've heard people having nice little 
like side incomes from that. Not necessarily like your primary, but it supplements things. And yeah, I mean, I I look for income streams that are that are passive. Yeah. Um, you know, things that you can set and forget. Yeah. Uh, and once in a while, check in on and and stock photography is one of those things where you can set it and forget it. And if you have curated, you know, body of work that you can mm-hmm. uh, supply. Yeah. It's not like a money maker because right. that market in itself is saturated. I was going to say and that's like a enormous. racket in itself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I it would can say, be. Yeah. yeah, I would say ten years ago you could probably make, uh, and I know, yeah. I know a few photographers that make like seventy to eighty thousand dollars a year on stock. Yeah. So yeah, I was even like, I think my brother was into that when he first he got like his D seventy and just started taking some like, and just random them. like photos yeah. and just like posting them up for stock and. You never know what somebody's going to need as a banner on their website to put mm-hmm. text over or whatever. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's dive into, I want to get into your experience and your um, background. Sure. Um, how How is it that you got started in photography? Kind of give us an idea of where you were before photography and how you found yourself drawn to it. What's your origin story? Uh, Wolverine. That <laughs> a long, long story time here. ago. The origin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, in the in the base, the very basic. I photography became a very personal um, journey for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess when I was younger, when my dad was, you know, going through his illness, and I had this really strong. Uh, emotion toward photography and documenting and all that and so there was this Kodak disc camera that I wanted <laughs> I, and, and, and I don't know if you remember it's like a little tiny point-and-shoot Kodak camera of mm-hmm. film with a disc yeah. as a film mm-hmm. I cried for months for that and yeah. my, my dad just said no 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 and then finally something happened and uh, he purchased it I got it I, I remember shooting multiple discs yeah <laughs> of everything that I could capture and record and then when he was dying I actually took pictures of him as he was, oh man, you know, wow. as he was dying, and I remember that looking back at these images, they truly are a return ticket to these moments. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the power behind it, and you know, I think that that's what drives me, and that's my why. Yeah. Um, Telling a story. And yeah, it's yeah. it's a story that even though it was a sad one, it 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 brings you back to yeah, um, almost like journaling a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a visual. Yeah. It's a visual journal, uh, and yeah. So that's that's th- my purpose. Of yeah. Why I do what I do to to record, to tell stories, to uh, commemorate or just solidify. Yeah. These moments for families and for sure. brands and you know, what, what have you. Yeah, yeah. That's a awesome mission for sure. That's if that's your driving force and motivation. That's a that's yeah. a really cool. Do you find yourself still doing things like that, like taking pictures? Just or is has photography turned into work for you, or are you still going home and taking pictures of the kids and stuff? Yeah, like that? see, that's the unfortunate side of the business, right? Because we have, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as much as we want to personalize and and keep the personal story going, mm-hmm. the business takes over, and then the stress and the yeah and the providing aspect of business, and, mm-hmm. you know. But I am trying now with more focus on trying to um, make the personal uh, side of it more, uh, yeah. yeah, just more, more time for it. Yeah. With have have the kids shown any interest? Yeah. Yeah, my older son um, 
well, they both. I mean, my oldest son does a lot with, so I gave him my Canon R to shoot with. So cool. he's, he's been shooting that. And then my youngest son, 15-year-old, has been shooting with the M50, just doing yeah. video, video stuff. There's nice. Per- yeah. There's perks to be being related to Monty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, I've got my GFX 100. Here you go. You're good. <laughs> um, was there, when you were... Um, you know, it sounds like the the documenting aspect was something that was it, it, it is very important for you. It's driving force, your motivation, everything. Was there? Did you ever see any photographer or a style or a photograph somewhere that 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 said, "I want to capture something like that," or was it just the like the sense of documenting um, that yeah. did it for you? Uh, there, you know, sadly, there wasn't any particular person or photographer that stood out it was for me it was more day-to-day uh imagery and and day-to-day capturing you know because my mom and my dad had little polaroids Mm -hmm. and they would take pictures and and uh, i just remember this is tom documenting by the way (laughs) he does this he does this during the podcast sometimes very nice (laughs) actually got it got a great smile out of my view that's great Sorry, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, so no. your mom and your dad had pol- the Polaroids. Uh, I mean, honestly, I just looked at images everywhere. Yeah. And I didn't really uh, was able to say, oh, that was, uh, you know, this person or that yeah. person. It was just that image struck out and hmm. it just, like stood out. And I, yeah. um, you know, the the power of pull yeah. and gravitation to that was was pretty strong. Cool. That's cool. Very cool. I think I think it's it's it definitely shows. I mean, you've seen photographs, but you very much have a, a a clean unique style when i look at your photographs and the like the crispness the color the composition everything that you do there uh it tells me that you've kind of carved that out for your own there was nobody that you were like i i looked at people and i'm like man i i really like that photograph i wish i could emulate it but i feel like you've kind of developed your own mm-hmm. thing by doing that which is really cool yeah um what what was so did you have you always done photography like this isn't is is how long have you been doing this so photography has uh stood strong for 16 and a half years now and i always say the half because the half matters (laughs) (laughs) 16 and a half but prior to that i was in finance and financial management and stocks and all that you know the boring stuff that gray walls and cubicles yeah yeah that had to feed the family so I mean, you just gave a, a great a great description of what that world is like, and some people are cool with it. But what made you say, "I want to step away from that and do this full time"? Uh, I think it was that internal pull and draw, you know, that that spirit that lives in you that you just know, and yeah. you're connected deeply with it, and you wanna you wanna make something different of your life, wh- whatever that cost is. Yeah. yeah. And for me, that was the cost of losing a. a income study work and study paychecks and i knew what i was getting you know the risk that went into it and i remember my my um well he was like a psychologist uh educator guy sort of my mentor in college and he said risk nothing gain nothing and i I just remember that and you know shithood is shithood and just (laughs) (laughs) yeah you should have done this you should have done that well that was shit yeah (laughs) you know you just got to go out and and just do it and yeah that's that's what i've been living with okay that's awesome yeah for sure with uh do you do you find that your experience and like finance and all that stuff come in play like come in handy 
with what you're doing now? Are you like, is your bookkeeping more organized than <laughs> other photographers? I would, I would. That, that Smirk kind of told me. I'm just I going to take a guess here. Yeah. And tell me if I'm wrong, Monty. Is that you were so tired of stuff like that that you wanted, you were being drawn towards the photography and you're like, I'm going to have somebody else do my books, right? <laughs> or do you do them yourself? Uh, I'm a spreadsheet anal ass. <laughs> there it is. But you know, uh, but you're right. I just I feel like I I despise that world. Really? And I left. I left because I wanted to do something creative. And yeah. Then, and then yet I'm still, you know, in it because I have to do that side of the business. Your now. brain was yeah. kind of trained towards yeah, that for yeah, a long time yeah and, yeah and as much as i would like to say yeah i'm the greatest and whatever uh, you know i just <laughs> that world just it, it it sucks the life out of you and, yeah and trying to manage the finances and stuff and it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever seen will and grace i always refer to them but she was like you know the tv show like the the most creative wonderful uh interior designer yeah but yeah. then you come home and her her world and her house is a wreck yeah yeah, and so we sort of manage what what we do on the outside, and we're doing it well. But then on on the flip side, we're, we're like, <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. You know, it's, yeah. it's a little bit of a mess. But yeah. I do, I do try to keep it um, <laughs> keep it somewhat organized. Yeah, <laughs> keep keep that veneer polished. Yeah. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, so you had mentioned a, a college mentor. It, as it stands now, are you? Do you have like a photo mentor, or do you connect more with like the community and and connect with people that? Because I know, you, you know, there's you're a good friend of Sonny Jones that works here, mm -hmm. and uh, he's told me he connected you with uh, Randy, mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and you guys are you guys are buddies. Um, but so do you do you like gravitate towards towards somebody who's who's teaching you something, or do you connect more with that community? I tend to connect with community. Yeah. I mean, I've always said that, you know, we are, the purpose here is to build a stronger, better community so mm -hmm. that we operate, or not operate, but we live life supported. And, you know, so I, I guess, yeah, I, I don't have like a specific mentor because like I, I look at you guys and I'm like, I could learn from you. I can learn. Like, there's always <laughs> yeah. something from someone yeah. Yeah. that you can learn from. Yep. So I totally agree. Um, do you so you had started in finance you're now in photography is is it was a shift that's mm -hmm. i mean that's a dramatic shift in in industry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you uh see yourself staying in photography long term is that something that you that you've been enjoying enough over the last 16 and a half <laughs> years that you'd stay yeah i i would say hard yes yeah um you know, probably not as um, from a like making money standpoint to, to like sure. continue to make money off of photography. But I think um, I would say that maybe getting into coaching and edu yeah. educating and, and developing some sort of uh, course or value added course to other photographers. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I, like I know that. of a learning space that might host you for a class if you wanted to teach. Hey. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That'd be great. I'd be honored. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, we'll have to. We'll definitely have to talk after this about that then, because I've been thinking about that for a while. Where I'm like, I think because even Sonny's mentioned, it, and I'm like, yeah, it's been, it's been on the kind of the back of my mind that I want to bring him in. And now that we're kind of doing more classes here, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that I that comes to mind, and you know, I'm I'm coaching a few right now about uh, digital organization and digital asset management, and you know, the hierarchy of how do you organize yep. your digital life from start to finish, from you know, going to a shoot, and then what do you do after? Right. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then there's the software side, which is like the you know the Capture One. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people who are transitioning from Lightroom to Capture One want to learn and want to know more about that. And that's kind of what I'm uh, transitioning to educating. That seems really useful. Yeah, I actually think I want to have that conversation with you too because I'm stuck in the Lightroom cycle. I tried to make the transition. Capture One's so much better. I know. I know it is. So much better. But I like went over there for like, I kind of like put my foot in. And I was like, oh, look, I'm swimming in the other pool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I kind of liked it for a second. And then I reverted back to my Lightroom ways. And I need to figure out because a way out of that rut. I, I think we as species love to do things that are familiar and yes. safe, yeah. right? The word safe. It's just like, yeah. oh, it's safe because I know it. And, and, and Adobe and got us hooked just, on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and <laughs> there are times I will admit like that, uh, like just recently I shot a uh, 5K race or no, a four mile race. And I had to put a watermark of like the race kind of logo in the bottom corner. Mm-hmm. And it was like 10 p.m. and I needed to get it done. I was like, <laughs> I'm just doing it in Lightroom because I know how to do it in Lightroom right now. And yeah. I haven't learned that yet in Capture One. So yeah. it's, yeah. There's, there's definitely something, there some something to be said about speed and efficiency and familiarity because you yeah. want to just get the job done and you know what can get it done quickly. So. Yeah. yeah. That sounds I, great, though. Like the I, I feel like you would be the perfect person for a class <laughs> yes. like that. Yes. Absolutely, and I don't think doubt. I don't think other photographers realize how much of work is probably your other job that you quit, mm-hmm. and like all to lead up to like twenty min- minutes of like actual photography, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the rest of it's just spreadsheets, mm-hmm. business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can I just back up a second and say <laughs> that I really enjoyed the second ago where he was like. So I was shooting this four mile race. No wait, it was a five mile race. <laughs> you got you, had, you got it backwards, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> Editor's correction. Yeah. It yeah. was a four mile race and not four, a it, yeah, four miler, not a five K. Yeah. I it doesn't matter. You're right. It was a fun race. It was the first one that I've shot in a year and a half and it was glorious. Have you had any of that lately where you like haven't, where you've not done something since COVID started and now you've had the access to like do that again lately at all? You mean like uh, photo shoots and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Things that come back. I mean, like even during COVID I was, you know, photographing in sweaty mask and glazed over glasses. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was going to say glasses wearers that are photographers have had a rough year. Yep with masks fogging up their glasses mm-hmm. yeah could ask my wife about that yeah. she wears glasses i guess the oakley masks actually do have a seal there oh that's nice that prevents the fogging yeah. oakley would do that they would because yeah. they, they make glasses oh they do yeah. that's why they did that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just glad I'm, I'm just glad that 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 is slowly becoming behind us i mean i just yeah you know doing that was a little bit a little bit crazy, but that's why we depend so much on the eye detection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the rear screen—they all have swivel <laughs> screens and stuff now. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. Um, are, we, are we jumping to the next? No, I want to do one. I want to do one last question because mm-hmm. Maddie put <laughs> it on. on Maddie put it on here, and I gotta know. Classically trained pianist? <laughs> are you a classically trained pianist? I am. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I took lessons um, all throughout high school, and then also in uh, throughout college. That's impressive. What? So, you know, That's Beethoven, insane. Bach, Chopin, all those. Uh, wow. <laughs> did you, like, play in front of audiences? Yeah, and yeah, all concerts that? and whatnot? I, yes, I did. Is yeah. some, like, somewhere on eBay, can I find, like, a, a concert ticket from a concert of yours? No, but you can, <laughs> you can actually probably Google um, piano music by Monty or something like that. that yeah. Uh, I released three CDs out there. What? Uh, so now it's just well, it's just out there. Is it know? on iTunes? Can crazy. we buy it on iTunes? No. I, do you remember uh, MP3.com? No. no. So well, you guys might be too young. Is that I mean, like, I had is Nap- that like I, the Winamp Winamp days and no, all that. There was a time. There was a thing called Napster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's. I mean, that was my introduction to music files and yeah. Music okay, and so you know what I'm talking about then. So back then, like Napster and MP3.com and all mm-hmm. those. Those are very so file sharing. Yeah. yeah. Before it became digital, MP3 was the thing. Yeah. And uh, Vivendi Universal bought them out and uh, huh. shut them down because the artists were... It was all uh, illegal. Yeah, it was all just streaming and yeah. stuff. But it allowed like independent artists to like put... yourself. Yeah, like myself, to, <laughs> put, to put music out there and find an audience. And um, you know, my highest grossing and streaming was from Israel, hmm. which is unreal. That's nuts. Right? I yeah. mean, you, you can't get that in the music store. Yeah. Interesting. So, very interesting. So as much as I say I'm a classically trained person, I, I tend to gravitate toward improvisational. I love to write just improv. Huh. We're talking down. like jazz? No, no, no. Just, like, just making stuff up. Oh, okay. But like, still like classical music? Uh, but improv? Yeah, just yeah, improvise. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. So when you're, you shoot weddings. Mm-hmm. Do you ever just bust it out? Like, just get on the piano and just start, like... Ladies and gentlemen, our photographer. <laughs> like, hold on, I'm going to play something here real quick. No, but there is a strong pull every time I see a piano. I'm like, I, I have to test it out. It's like yeah. the hotel lobby. You're like, do I do I come down here at 2 a.m.? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Just Like laughs> at some of those venues, they have incredible looking... I know nothing about pianos, but, I mean, some of them... Yeah. They're insane. Yeah, the uh, athletic club for one, they have a baby grand. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Wow. Did you, so did you ever play at like the piano bar like downtown in the arena district? I forgot about that. Oh, the Howling Moon or whatever. Like the Big Bang. The the Dueling Pianos Mm -hmm. bar? Yeah. No. Because I know another pretty, you probably know this photographer too, Rob McCormick. Mm -hmm. He plays too. And I guess that was his first gig was playing at like a piano bar. And then wow. start doing photography. It's, I was like, is there a thing where photographers should learn piano first and then <laughs> to yeah, become probably? Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I used to play out in coffee shops, but that's about it. Okay. And you know, I gigged events and whatnot. So less like banging on the piano and more like making it sound like wonderful <laughs> and sound of music and all that stuff. I'm gonna yeah. die if I go out on the okay. internet and I find like there's like a alternate re- identity. Monty, that's like Duke Silver yeah. from Parks and Rec. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's just got a tux on. Like, yeah. No. All right, let's take a quick break before we get to uh, our next section about lifestyle photography, which is why Monty is here. Cool.
right, and, and we're back. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to. You're gonna want to do that every Welcome time, aren't you? Thoughts with your thoughts. With the, what's the thoughts? What's our Parks and Rec reference there. Yeah. Um, so Monty, we brought you here. We want to talk about lifestyle photography. Which right. um, let's just start off on the basics do you define yourself as a lifestyle photographer um do you you've heard that term it is yeah. it is a term that people use that would pretty loosely loosely and people would see your photography and describe it as lifestyle but you could describe lifestyles a lot of different things but do you describe yourself as a lifestyle photographer i struggle with that word okay just because i feel like it's just another buzzword okay yeah and you know lifestyle can mean a lot of things to a lot of people sure yeah um, do you struggle with that word or do you struggle with just trying to define your work though too? I don't I could see that. See, that's the thing is I don't, too. I, if I were to put one word on my work it would be just freestyle. Okay. It's not a lifestyle. It's just, yeah. I, I just flow and I shoot with more from the intentions of what I, uh, like how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I create images that make me feel good. Yeah. With the, um, attention on legacy mm-hmm. and, and time uh, timeless you know classics yeah uh, i think that that's where so i don't define myself as a lifestyle even though i put on my instagram profile portrait and lifestyle photographer <laughs> yeah um just for seo purposes but yeah um, yeah i don't think that life uh, lifestyle sort of encompasses a lot yeah mm-hmm. and for me it comes down to storytelling mm-hmm and telling a story with um, very powerful, like invitational, uh, something that you want to be a part of. So yeah. when you look at an image, you're like, oh, man, I can live that life. Yeah. Or I want to be there. And look how happy that person is. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I want to be that happy. Yeah. And so when you look at these images, whether it's an ad for a grill or an ad for like a drink somewhere, and you're like, I want to be on that beach. I want to like be there with that person or that environment. So the scene is very familiar. Yeah. Right. But then what makes it really powerful are the people or the characters in that story. And so they are the ones that bring it to life. But then you as a photographer have to sort of coach them or or come up with a way to be able to create that story and help the characters um, to, That's make, cool. to make it happen. Yeah. A lot of your work seems just like energetic to me too. Mm-hmm. There's a Like flow. there's action going on. Yeah. You, there's yeah. something going on that you want to, like you said, that you just want to be a part of. Yeah. Do you, do you work with like actors or, or like um, models yeah. or do mm-hmm. you work more with like the people that are a part of the brands and stuff that you're covering? Lately, or because both. because of budget, yeah, <laughs> and you hear that a lot in the in the in the business um, budget, because of, of of brands with tight budgets, they don't hire mm. talent. Um, that's to say, I mean, I, I I do work with individual talents and models and actors and stuff separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but very little do we hire talents to come and be part of a shoot and act out a scene or whatever. It's now we're using. Uh, staff and we're using internal yeah. people and then that sometimes can get a little tricky because yeah. well do we use that person and, and does it communicate and is it on brand or is he or she on brand with the yeah. overall tone of the of the company yeah so so I, I want to circle back to something you said you said you put lifestyle on your Instagram account for SEO purposes do you feel like 
It is because uh, so you've you've shot weddings, you've shot engagements, you've shot commercial work, you've shot all of these things. Do you think that it is uh, prohibitive to a photographer, or they would get less if they put themselves in a niche? Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you pigeonhole yourself into a term or a style, mm-hmm. or even like doing one specific thing, like I am a wedding photographer. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, all you're going to probably book are wedding, wedding, yeah. uh, wedding events. But if, you know, same, like I'm a uh, family photographer. So it, 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 it pigeonholes you and then it limits you. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when I look at how I have approached this, it seems like I'm a jack of all trades, but master, master of none. none. You know that that <laughs> saying. But I feel like it puts me in a versatility mode where yeah. I am I am that that uh, Swiss Army knife. Yeah, yeah. With all the tools and and the skills, and I feel like that's where I, um, that's where I'm best at is just being being able to be equipped to do. Uh, yeah. to do more yeah do that, you so when you started out were you like that as well or did you like try to find a niche so that you could create a body of work that looked cohesive in some ways because that seems daunting for like somebody starting out that's like yeah i'll do advertising and weddings and all this stuff mm-hmm. and it's just like how do you make all of that come together and look like it should go together even though it may be on brand for who you're shooting for but maybe not on brand for your brand as a photographer yeah that seems I, really tough yeah it was a struggle at first because i was shooting everything i could get and that's i think that's pretty common with photographers is like i need to make the money so i'm just going to take whatever yeah but for me taking that whatever was to translate what i was shooting to make sure that i at least have something that represented my my uh, my style or my look yeah you know whether i'm shooting a family and then all of a sudden go and shoot a a headshot well that headshot maybe is someone laughing off camera and yeah it looks like it's part of a family photo mm-hmm. you huh. know, or something like that so yeah. i try to maintain a cohesive body of work no, yeah no matter what i'm shooting how do you know when you've like connected with the client they're the right client for the project but they're also going to contribute to that body of work like is there ever a time when you've had to say no what's that look like and and how do you know when you've like what's what is it in your head where you're like this is going to go well and this is going to contribute to my to my work (laughs) first first of all i have a really hard time saying no (laughs) um and i know i know that to a fault um but you know when I know that the client's going to be good or the work's going to be right, there is a connection that happens on a human level. And I think that we can all relate to that. Like we connect as human beings and yeah. not, not as like a vendor or like someone you're just yeah. being hired to like bake a cake. Yeah. Yep. You have to know the person, you know, and you have to kind of touch on their hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to also know that the, the purpose of the project or the shoot has meaning for you. Otherwise you wouldn't take it. Yeah. Um, and saying no, as much as saying no is hard, you kind of communicate through that and, and get through that and find out that, you know what, maybe I'm not the right person for this. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. How do you, when you, when you're, like, when you're deciding on the work that you're taking in and that sort of thing, I know you do, you do 
kind of like we already talked about a bunch of different types of mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And I know you do a lot of commercial work. What, like, how do you define like that hierarchy of like, like what? Yeah. Like, how do you decide this seems more important than that? So I can pass this on to somebody else. Like is, I guess it's related a lot to the, I don't know. We're kind of asking the same question. A little bit. Yeah. You mean like, what do I decide to take on? Kind of, but like, is there, is there a hierarchy of like, which part of your brand is more important than the others? Or is it just like, no, if you connect with the person and you think that it's going to be a successful relationship, I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, it's more based on availability for me. Yeah. (laughs) If I am, if I am available and you come to me with a project that I connect with, whether from, from a heartfelt side or from, from a, like an interesting side or, you know, I'm a, I'm a curious person by nature. Yeah. So my curiosity can sometimes get the best of me, but I, if you come to me with a project that I'm passionate about, and if if there's even like no pay, yeah, I will I will take it on just because I believe in the project. Hmm. Yeah, um, and that's also based on availability. And then now, let's say I take that job, and then all of a sudden a commercial project comes. Up, hey, we got this job, and we're gonna pay you fifty thousand dollars. I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Can we move that back um, a couple months or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then like I'm yeah. not available because I took yeah. a, a, a personal passionate uh, passion project or whatever. But <laughs> Do you ever get frustrated with that? With the decision that you made previously oh, or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, there have been times when I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. But you work through those uh, adversities and yeah. uh, and figure it out. And you just, you know, ask for, for some grace from the client who's you're collaborating with maybe there's some flexibility in changing the yeah. schedule or whatever and hopefully if you're doing it for free <laughs> that there would be more flexibility there right yeah but sometimes you got to be careful with that you know when you're donating or collaborating or yeah you know, hashtag collab yeah <laughs> um it's it's a fine line right here yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um I I lost a, my thought never mind I'm sorry no you're Go good uh before I want to talk about what the set a set looks like for you or a shoot looks like before we get to that though um i see this title here and i'm i'm curious where it comes from if if this is a like self-appointed or someone told <laughs> you this uh monty the curator of smiles um where'd that come from um uh, you know it's funny because i was never big on titles because <laughs> when i was working at chase uh, jp morgan chase it was all about titles everybody had to have yeah. a title and svp trying to get that corner EVP. office yeah like the longer the better and you can't pronounce it and then you get acronyms behind it yeah svp fund growth <laughs> section a esquire Parting planning, Esquire. Party Somebody planning a lawyer? committee. Lawyers are here. Get the bankers out. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always been highly interested in art. And, you know, when you go to museums or art shows or whatever, they're highly curated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only the best. Or, yeah. You know, or in terms of from the artist's perspective, the, the best are curated or whatever. But so I've been fascinated by the word curator, curation, mm-hmm. and, and what we do essentially as photographers is, you know, this happiness that, that you want to uh, at least document or see. I mean, obviously there's some other stories behind things that are not happy, but yeah. so yeah, that's it. There's no really, 
I just like curator of smiles. Yeah. It wasn't like CEO of smiles. Yeah. <laughs> you will deliver to me a quota of 75 smiles a quarter. I mean, I think Mon- Monty can re- hit that. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he could hit that number. I think we've already hit it this morning. <laughs> All right. So now on to uh, like the set and your studio. Um, what does what does a work day look like? Is it normal for like Tom and I work at well, I work at eight to five. Tom works at whatever to whatever when, yeah. wh- whenever the job starts to whenever job gets done because it doesn't get done. That's the problem. <laughs> he just the likes mo- the he likes mountain it. just shifts a little bit. He likes abusing himself with uh, immense amounts of time of of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does what does a work day look like for you? Are there days that you decide to take off? Do you decide to start at a time, stop at a time? It sounds like you've got a pretty strict regimen with your, um, like the roadmap of your week. What mm-hmm. is a what does a work day look like? Uh, it's it's all fragmented. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like there's no. I wish it was eight to five, but we're not in a, in a we're not in a career that is eight to five. This is yeah. true. So seems like that might be one of the reasons you left the gray walls too, <laughs> to like have a more freedom of like, yeah. schedule and yeah travel and all that stuff yeah Yeah. there is there is a level of freedom that comes with it but that with that freedom comes with a lot of wasted time yeah too so i try to be mindful of not wasting my time because you know this reminds me of a a friend of mine who's an australian uh, motivational speaker she said uh, that we cannot control time this is yeah, time time is always going to be time, right? <laughs> yes, um, yes, but yeah, um, we're not in tenant. But <laughs> it's the attention to time, yes, that we can control, and I try to be mindful of that, and and um, have some sort of schedule, or you know, my day to day is dependent on how many shoots do I have, mm-hmm. or how many shoots did I do, and and what am I editing? So it's like I am wearing all the hats. Yeah, you yeah, know, from uh, yeah. just editor to retoucher to photographer business manager project manager financier all that stuff do you hire out a lot of that stuff too (laughs) no no you can't say no to it that's the other i think that was i actually i had a note here is like you know maybe that was the another another topic but okay (laughs) i should learn to outsource yeah i would what's uh on the inverse side of what kevin asked what's a day off look like for you and this is going off the off the books or off the yeah thing a little yeah. bit. So a day off, I don't think there there is ever a no. Day off. But wow. I, what are you what what's like if you're taking the day off and spending time with the family? Like, what do you guys like to do? Are you like a golfer or anything like that? Like, I know a lot of, I don't know. Well, I used to golf, but you yeah. know, time with family right now is um, it's a it's a it's a bit weird with COVID and all yeah. that. And, and my kids are older and we all have different schedules and mm-hmm. it's, yeah. um, uh, without getting into too much of it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's also fragmented, you know, okay. we, we have to sort of ring that back around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. take an evening to have some whiskey with Sonny or something. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, time off also is like me looking into, okay, what's next and so I don't know. I don't know how to turn it off yet. You know, yeah. I go to Target and I'm looking at the, the photos on the walls. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Or if I'm taking a yeah. walk at Easton mm-hmm. and I see an image and I'm like, ooh, I could like recreate that, but do it like this way or that yeah. way. And yeah. So my mind is always creating or at least it's always sort of seeing. That's cool. 
So turning it off and having a day off, it's tough. And it's it's kind of tough when you're a creative person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Sometimes I get lost in that. This doesn't happen. I don't. I don't do that all the time. But sometimes I'll I'll find myself not paying attention to a movie anymore. Like after I started understanding a lot more about video, I'll stop watching the movie and I'll start understanding what the camera operator is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh wait, I'm trying to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. I know I I know how it is to get distracted. You don't walk through uh, Target and say, "Man, their signage could use some work over here." Like, uh, (laughs) I mean, I could do that because I worked at Target at one point in my life. No, but the signage on the floor that you handle, whatever, whatever, Tom. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) we're good. We're good here. Um, so you have your own studio space. Um, four hundred. Are you still at four hundred West? Yeah, I'm still there. Cool. Yep. Still like that. I, I do. It's just I made a mistake of getting a space that's west-facing windows. Mm. <laughs> so no sunlight. Or just always diffused sunlight? No, no. The, so, you know, uh, sunset. Wait a minute. <laughs> Tom's all confused now. Uh, west, Som- north. Do the, <laughs> carry the two. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No, the, so the, the light in there, because the windows are huge. Yeah. Uh, the light in there is great in the mornings. Yeah. But then, like, after about 2 o'clock forget about it it's like flood of light okay <laughs> so i either have to put a block out or um something to but sometimes yeah, i've get been some able, v flats know, up or something yeah that's yeah i do need to get some v flats up there but the thing is i sometimes have gotten creative with the light because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. there's some shadows that come in and some harshness and yeah those can be fun to play with yeah so i've been doing some things with that yeah, yeah. do you cool. how often are you in studio versus on on location uh lately i think a more than I should be. I, I you know I'm shooting a lot in the studio, mm. but then like I'm behind on the editing and stuff. So that's mm. the outsourcing part. Yeah, <laughs> that I yeah. need to learn how to. Yep. Do you do you try to edit? This is kind of a side question that has kind of to do with the set. But do you edit right after the shoot in studio, or do you let it simmer a second, take a rest, and then edit at home? I go through a production list. So again, mm. it's that anal part. Um, yeah, I don't I don't edit right away and I, I the thing that I do is uh, after the shoot I'll load the cards, back it up and then put it in the cloud also as a, a um a extra backup. Yeah. But I don't look at it right away, which is kind of weird because I'm excited about the shoot and I want to see yeah. it and I want to like edit right away, but then I I take a minute. It's kind of like uh when you edit for hours and hours on end. Mhm. But when you take a break and come back and you're like, "Oh, that looks terrible." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. How but often when, do you like edit a full batch and then come back to it the next morning and like kind of re-edit have you ever done that oh yeah i feel like i catch myself doing that a lot because like usually like you're saying the first edit is just like why why is everything so green Mm -hmm. like i need to back Mm -hmm. off on the like yeah yeah it's eye strain yeah 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 for sure um Okay, I think we can take one more break before we get to gear and opinions, hot takes, tips, and tricks, and close out the episode. <laughs> All right. Well, Kevin's hitting another button. Bye. <laughs> we'll be right back. Marker set. That's your <laughs> That's your new stinger. It's just, it's just hey, blah. guys, we're taking a break. <laughs> you know what, Tom? <laughs> you uh, you lost the editing privileges, so it's on me <laughs> no, now. No, I... I very win- willingly handed them over to you. <laughs> I noticed. Very willingly. Um, oh, I'm going to have a weekend again. So it's, on it's... this next section, do you want to do 
I think I want to have Monty run through like what he shoot, like what's his favorite to shoot, what he shoots, and then like something in terms of gear. Yeah, and then something on his wish list, and then gear or subject. The the gear. So I, I'd like to hear on this next section. I want to I want to do instead of because I feel like we could take up fifteen whole minutes and we're already we're already pushing it. I feel like a few of these gear and opinions things could just be lightning round. Yeah. And yeah. then do a hot take each. Yeah. And then do tips and tricks and close it out. Can I do... So I emailed my hot takes yesterday. Oh, did you? Because I was off on Friday. Okay. Um, are you cool with me? I I will prep, you, I will prep you, Monty, mm-hmm. for the hot take. Let me find it in my email, though. Email... We haven't used a stinger yet. <laughs> so uh, I've got a few here that we can pick from. People assume that as a lifestyle photographer, you're just going to the most beautiful places, hanging with all the beautiful people. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> that's really your hot that's take a, question. That's one of them. And then the others are, what's the best part about doing what you do? What gets you excited to put all your energy into those big shoots? And then the inverse of that, what's the most taxing and knocks you on your ass every time? Yeah, those so, are all, those are I all like good. those. Okay. And we'll do it like quickly, right? I'm going to pick, I'm either going to pick the top, the one about lifestyle photographer or the other two. Okay. Which do you prefer? The, the, the lifestyle, I think that's funny. It's got more yeah. more humor. More yeah. zing and pep to yeah, it. Yeah, more zing and pep to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. And um, we're back. <laughs> yeah, go. Monty brought Monty us back, on. and I love it. <laughs> Hold on, we set that, that marker. I know we're gonna set that as a stinger. <laughs> Monty gonna be on like every episode now. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into uh, what you shoot uh, and uh, what's your favorite to shoot. What, so tell us body, lens, favorites. So this is gear. Yes. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, it's funny cause you guys have gear bouncer here or brand bouncer. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you've bounced a little bit. You've been, you've um, I've shot everything except Pintax. Although Sonny was like, um, may- maybe you should try. Did Pintax. you shoot Lumix? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Not professionally, but I've had, okay. yeah, I've okay. had Lumix. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. So Canon, uh, Nikon, Fuji, Sony. Uh, Lumix. Man. <laughs> wow. I feel like I've been around for a couple of those changes. I think that some of us here gauge how long we've been at Midwest Photo <laughs> based on how many gear changes we've seen Monty. Yeah. No. <laughs> I heard if you um, cut open one of his lenses, there's the number of rings is how many brands he's got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're, yeah. Just, we're just kidding with you. So what's, what's your current? Yeah, what's your favorite camera and lens combo? Right now... Uh, the Canon R5 with the 28 to 70 f2. It's a yeah. beast. Yeah, it is. It is a beast of a lens. But uh, w- in terms of versatility, that's it's my go-to. Yeah. Monty just yeah. told us that every day he shoots, it's arm day. Because that. <laughs> <laughs> you, so I've heard that that lens shoots like primes. It, it like does. it looks like primes when uh, you oh, process oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yeah, it does. I mean, you essentially have three lenses in one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wild. You know, you 28, 35, whatever, and then you got 50, 70-ish. Yep. So, That's crazy. Oof. 
That's, very, a, that's very a big versatile. piece of glass too. Yeah. All right. Before that lens, were you into primes or zooms? Primes. Yeah. But although my, as my knees age <laughs> <laughs> and I'm no longer able to like step back forth, zoom. I, I don't know. I, I find that the 28 to 70 is very, very awesome for its constant. F-stop. Yeah. But yeah, primes for sure. Do you have a, something that's on your wish list now? I, I mean, I own pretty much. You do own a lot. Everything that I could possibly have, as far as like what I need it for. Yeah. Uh, if I was, if I had a wish list, it'd be the the Phase One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All XF. Right. Yeah. But you'd want to fuss with that. I guess you'd just shoot tethered to capture one all the time with it, right? No, but I mean, it's gotten so good that I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think you have to. Um, I mean, I, if I were to make one like wish wish. I'd want my contact six four five back with the eighty. Yeah. I was I was just gonna ask: Is there anything in yeah, like the the time that? And you'd probably want all the Fuji Pro four hundred H that you could get your hands on <laughs> with it, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I actually more of a portrait guy. Yeah, really? yeah that's right? what's up. I'm yeah. just I'm surprised <laughs> because everybody that I've talked to that's shot with the contacts is all about well, Pro four hundred H. I don't know if it's the lens coatings, but I'll, it seems like a lot of the I don't know. It's not yeah. my it's not my style. I, th- yeah. I mean, I I love Jose Villa. He's yeah. he's actually one of my sort of. I look at his work and it's very ethereal and very yeah. d- dreamy, mm-hmm. and you have that pastelly kind of thing. Yeah. But everything looks like cotton candy and rainbows yeah. and yeah. unicorns. Yeah, yeah, it's rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> and and then there's digital photographers who try to mimic that look too. And I, it's gotten really close, but it's not my style. I, yeah, I think. 400h is definitely beautiful but i prefer the portrait yeah, yeah. you know the it's almost hit a wall at a certain point too mm-hmm. with like just it's that's just too identifiable of a look at this point yeah and you start to look like everyone else yep. so. yeah so all right let's let's move into some hot takes tom's tom's picked out a hot take question i got a hot take question tom <laughs> you want to go first you want me to go first you want uh, go first you want me to go first uh, i'll go since uh yeah i'll go hit us with it all right, Monty. So most people, so a lot of people think that lifestyle photographers are just going to beautiful places and shooting all of the beautiful people, Hashtag doing beautiful, beautiful things. Uh, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> no. I wish. Yeah. You're not always on a beautiful beach somewhere. Uh, no. Have you seen yeah. his Instagram? It's hashtag cash money, hashtag living the life. <laughs> <laughs> eating, eating, eating ramen noodles in the car. Or oh, man. Some closet somewhere, you know, wet, soggy sandwich with my like, shifter is oh. being is hanging on by gaffer tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've been to some really gorgeous locations and work with some amazing teams and people, but you know, we're we're eating like through lunch or we're like the soggy sandwich with lettuce that's wilted or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like you just you do what you do because you love what you do. It's not what comes with it. And yeah. There are benefits, but no, there's no Yeah. <laughs> it's not all that. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's a good one. Hashtag, What's your hot hashtag take? living life. Yeah. He's going to start using that. Hashtag <laughs> living the life. Yeah. Are you saying that Monty's going to like slowly turn into Jean Ralphio? <laughs> like um, Entertainment 720. So here's mine. Oh, boy. Here's mine. This is one that I was kind of thinking about. Have you ever had a job where 
the work is going to contribute to your portfolio. It's going to be a good payday, but you absolutely dread the client or the organization that you're working with. Oh man, uh, that's you, a- you said you said you don't like saying no. And so I'm curious, has there ever been a time where, and you don't have, obviously we're not going to have you out anybody here, but has there ever been a time where you're like, yeah, I just, I don't like working with that person slash organization or whatever, but you know what, this is going to be good for my portfolio or good for my bank account. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, with me having a hard time saying no, I, I think that my attitude toward that would be just take the job, suck it up suck it up uh do the best you can shoot it like it's your dream job yeah yeah uh, because you never know who that client knows yeah that's true and you never know how the experience is gonna you know be for them but you want to leave with a good experience and a good vibe so that yeah hey we worked with monty and even though they know maybe the the project sucked or just was right. whatever and but they come out of that feeling like that was the best experience ever. Yeah. And, and uh, so it's, you know, it's not how you look, it's how you feel. Right. So it's I like <laughs> that. I like that. That's, yeah. so. it's also very optimistic. Just yes. looking for the good and everything. Yep. Hey, I try. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, do you have any advice for somebody who might want to become a quote unquote lifestyle photographer or be in this kind of uh, situation where they are in your words, a freestyle photographer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I would encourage um, photographers who are looking into like lifestyle. If you want to, if we have to coin it, I just look at your everyday, look at what you're doing, look at what you're enjoying Mm -hmm. and try to translate that into the work that you're doing because it's all about that storytelling and uh, telling it in a way that's inviting and making the familiar something more interesting. Yeah. Um, and that could be like telling the story of your own family and, mm-hmm. and, and documenting it in a way that showcases your family's authenticity and, uh, and be genuine you know, and be you and not change who you are and your character just because you want to like elevate yourself to some other space. Yeah. I would say just be true and be value or, add, you know, bring value to what you do. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good advice. Yeah. Um, do you have any Facebook groups that you're part of or any kind of clubs, organizations, anything that, that you locally that you might find helpful for, for new photographers out there yeah i say build a community whether it's on your own or network with people and not just if you're a photographer not don't just network with just photographers you know mm-hmm. look, you you make friends with designers and videographers yeah. and makeup artists and planners and that is um, yeah. really good advice yeah, because a, there's a lot of them they just kind of yeah. they they come to a camera store and they they see other photographers and they talk with them and it kind of just becomes maybe a little bit of an echo chamber but if you be you know as you're saying connect with a planner connect with you know maybe an art director yeah yeah Yeah. uh djs Mm -hmm. yeah and any anybody that you can learn from essentially other than photography because if you just stick with photographers you're just gonna either talk photography and then you're you're not learning much because you already maybe know some Mm -hmm. of that stuff and so i try to encourage people to like just reach out to Mm -hmm. to other groups and other members and the community online is great you know and facebook plenty of groups that you can search for i mean i belong to one and i'm not sure if i can mention them but i belong to one but 
this group, we started back in 2007. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we had physical meetings once a month and all that stuff. Now it's sort of gravitated online, and we are a community of photographers um, who are there to encourage and to build the, you know, the community to a, yeah. strong, to a stronger community. And so it's almost like a there. loosely held like agency from what I've heard. Like yeah. you guys kind of pass work onto each other and stuff like that and yep. recommend it's, it's, each other for different work. That's yeah. It's yeah. a referral. I mean, it's a good, it's a good referral kind of thing. And it, uh, more than anything, it's a trust uh, level. You know, yeah. we trust that if, if, if I send you somebody, they're going to be I, professional yeah, and yeah. 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 You guys have all vetted each other and mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. cool. I think yeah. you're, I really like the thing that you said about not, I don't know, not only surrounding yourself with photographers yeah. too. Cause it's just, we talk about it too much. I think sometimes Yeah. just get out and do it. Mm-hmm. Go shoot some stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And if you work with like a makeup artist, he or she could be like, Hey, I'm thinking about maybe doing this or that. Yeah. yeah. Or a designer that wants yeah. to design something and, you know, collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag collab. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and can that's we, another can stinger. You get a button on there. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do a stinger for that one too. There Hashtag collab. <laughs> <laughs> um, any party, any other parting advice that you want to, you want to mention that we haven't, we haven't asked about or touched on or anything like that? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. I mean, this has been been fun. Yeah, hopefully for sure. it wasn't too boring for the No, listeners. absolutely not. <laughs> I've I've had a blast. Yeah, some <laughs> awesome advice. Yeah. So wealth of information. For sure. Thank you so much for coming in and, and talking with us. Yeah. We really yeah. appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate yeah. it. I feel like at some point we're gonna have to do like an uncensored one with you and Randy together. Yeah. Oh, at God. some point. Bring in some whiskey. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> you two you two are hilarious. That'll be, watching the that'll shop. be for premium subscribers. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there might be some offensiveness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, doubt it. Yeah. Depending on your <laughs> emotional sensitivity uh, or what we call emotional intelligence in, yeah. in psychology. That's so. a very like corporate way to say it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tom, do you have anything before we part part ways with her? No, just our thanks for coming in, Monty. Yeah. I, I appreciate you. I, I don't know. I've said this. I think on previous podcasts, but I always look forward to seeing you in the shop. You always seem yeah. like you're in a good mood, and I don't know how you do that, but <laughs> it's always—it's literally always good to see you. It's, it's kind of like yeah. coming home. You have to sort of set other things aside. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, you're great. I <laughs> appreciate you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, guys, you can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find Monty on Instagram at Open Image Studio, or you can visit his website at openimagestudio.com. I get that all right, Monty? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Share your photos with us on Instagram at the number two weird camera beards or at mpex underscore photo underscore video. You can also send us your images, questions, uh, or anything else, praises, concerns, well wishes to the number two weird camera beards at mpex.com. And after this short break, I will have our special, no, I'm just, uh, and a special thanks to our magical, mystical, toes in the sand, marvelous. She's actually in Ohio right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Maddie O'Neill, thank you for setting all this up for us. Um, And a special thank you to the president of Midwest Photo, Moisha Applebaum, VP of Midwest Photo, Ken Lewis. Thank you guys for letting us hang out and shoot the breeze with awesome photographers here at Columbus. 
All right. We'll see you guys two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Because that's our next episode. Right around there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.